everybody is tipsy Got the two-piece and you know that it's crispy Welcome to the chicken and whiskey podcast We keep the combo flowing, hope you got a tall glass Hosted by your favorite two Rob Hollywood and Jay Duke the Groove what up, world, 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 it's your man, Rob Hollywood. And I'm your boy, J-Do, The Groove. The Groove, in the building, this is the Chicken and Whiskey Podcast, episode number 61, come back for your bunker ass, for your stanking ass, on another Friday afternoon, and we do what we do, and we say what we say. So we appreciate you tuning in wherever it may be, wherever it may be listening to and all of that shit. Thank you. Hit like, subscribe, share, and all of that. So we're going to get into the shits and what we do about the time. J.D., what's up on your side of the world, man? Man, it's all good, dog, man. We just uh, we just getting ready for uh, for New Year's, man. Yeah, we getting ready for New Year's. This one, well, Christmas coming up. So yeah, Christmas coming up. Getting week, so. Getting ready, but... But yeah, dog, man, just getting ready, geared up, man. I still got some last minute shopping. Is I don't care how much I plan, dog. I always have some last minute shopping. I ain't dog. bought a motherfucking thing. <laughs> yeah, dog. I, I I I call myself trying to do better, but it is what it is, man. You know, I, I'll take care of it, man. Um, they got a lot of stuff in the news, man. I uh, you know, you know us 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 folk in education. Mm-hmm. You know this 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 definitely the wind down time. I think I mentioned that the last time, man. It's holidays, mm-hmm. man. Everybody kind of ready to wind it on down. Uh, so it gives you a chance to kind of kind of see what's going on in the world, man. So yeah, dog, I'm, I'm kind of ready to get in the shits, man. We got we got we got some good stuff, and uh, you know. I think it's about time to get the people what they want. Look at the people what they want. Get the people nah. what they want. Yo, my son, I ain't been doing shit, though. I've been watching TV and shit. I've been excited, you know. Y'all getting a real fresh episode today. This shit just recorded. So I'm really excited about where our HBCUs are going. Um, I am a PWI graduate. But um, if there was a thing called the transfer alumni transfer portal, I'd be in that, bro. I'm with the HBCUs right now, man. I'm really with y'all now, brother. Because if you don't know, J. Do is a member of the HBCU graduate community. I'm a member of the PWI community, but I am all for this HBCU shit that Deion Sanders has kicked off. I'm gonna yeah, give him man. credit for this. I'm gonna give him yeah, credit man. for this, and we're gonna, we gonna get into we that. Gonna, we gonna talk about it. A little we're, gonna, bit, we're gonna talk about I it. Am, I am. I am definitely. Uh, and always, it's not just about what's going on now, man. Just uh, as a as a HBCU grad, uh, the Southern University and A and M College, uh, you know, is is it, we there is a level of pride that goes along with it. Um, but let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's a lot of bullshit that go along with it too. Of course. But today, but today but we gonna today, talk about the good shit. Today is all about the good shit. We're gonna so, talk about man, the good we'll, shit. We'll get into it, man. But uh, so so you've been chilling. Yeah, you've yeah, been, been kind of you've been doing your thing. You've been you you ready you ready to uh to jump into this holiday uh spirit and all of that good old stuff. Uh, yeah. Question. Yeah. Don't forget we gotta when get to open shots. When you gonna do your uh, shopping? Um, a couple days before. I I mean you know be, being that I don't have any kids. It's just me and my wife. I ain't. I don't. It's, it's gonna be real quick. Are you going to the? This is what I really get to. Are you going to the mall? That's what I'm really regretting. I, I'm gonna have to go to the mall. <laughs> you got. You got. <laughs> you gotta go is, to the mall. You gotta go to the mall. I really don't want to do that shit, man. And you better go now. <laughs> you. The later you wait, the worse it gets. I really don't want to go I'm to the gonna, mall, but I'm gonna have to I'm go. End up having to go. I'm, I'm gonna have to go. Having to go dog. Gonna have to go. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. That being said, that, that, that leads me to to the next thing, man, because it makes you want to take a shot. Yeah. So what you drinking on over there, my brother? I got some new shit over here. Like. You got some new shit. I, I, yeah. got, I think I, I think I showed y'all this before, man. Uh, I'm on that uh, loco pollo. Wow. Turkey. Wild turkey 101. Yeah, I like this wild turkey, dog. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It's uh you know, this is what this is what my uh my grandfather used to drink, dog. And um 
Yeah, I've been, grandparents I've been. used to drink that wild turkey. Now, <laughs> hey, yeah, being yeah. in the south, it, hey, don't be acting like you ain't never had no wild turkey in the south. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you from the south, man, and you was around the old folks, you they was drinking some wild turkey. And I will say this, man, it is it is a very very good bottle. Uh, it's it's priced well. Um, I, I like the 101 better than the regular. Um, and it's it's a good it's something good to sip on real uh, real sweet um, and I, I will admit like I've, I've been kind of getting into my uh, my uh, uh, what, what they call it what's the people that that taste wines you smelling the wine uh, and tell you yeah, all the different kind of sewer shit yo kind of sewer savonier whatever that shit is yeah I'm doing all that right now man I'm smelling whiskey it's telling you all the notes and. The type of barrels and the char and all that stuff. So man, I'm 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 getting into it. So if you want something good for the holidays, man, y'all go pick up y'all a bottle of wild turkey. But when you pick up a bottle of wild turkey, don't forget to pick you up a bottle of Uncle Nearest right along with it. Cause I got that right. So, uh, I got that right here. There you go, now. So that's what you're drinking on. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm actually. Uh, I want to talk about two things that I'm drinking on. I'm not drinking on it right now, but I'm drinking on this one right now. Um. It's a 94 proof Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey called James Ownby. If you can see on the screen, mm. if you're not watching mm. on screen, you see I only got a little corner left because I've been drinking it all week, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been. This, this is actually pretty good, man. James Ownby. If you're oh, on YouTube, okay, if you're man. on other things, check it out. It's actually pretty good. I still, I do, o I do. W N B Y. Yep, I do. Uh, o W James O W N B Y Reserve. It's a reserve bottle. Um, Old Smoky Distillery, um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I like to tell you where it's made at. Uh, yeah, this is what I'm drinking on. I've been drinking it all week, like I said. But I do have Uncle Nears beside me. But I also want to bring this up because I, this is a question for you. Me and my mom was talking about this the other day. Uh, you know, me and your mom and your wife being a text together. I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they be talking more than I do. Um, dog, do you drink eggnog? You know what? I've I've grown to like eggnog. I've always liked eggnog. I used to fuck eggnog up as a kid, and it's still yeah. I still drink eggnog. But now I, like I still add, now I I've started adding liquor to my eggnog. See, that's the thing. We always had in my house. We always had liquor in eggnog. Oh no, see, so, no, I wouldn't like that. So you couldn't. <laughs> so you like when I was little, I couldn't have. Oh okay. And, oh okay. And and so then as you get older, you know, you know when you get to you know them teenagers, they start letting you take a sip here and there. And then you know you start you you grow fond of it. It is the holiday drink for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm eggnog is definitely a holiday drink for me because I just like eggnog. But now that I'm older, I like eggnog with some whiskey, or I actually put rum in it too. I like rum. eggnog with yeah. I, I actually actually I think rum is what you're supposed to drink it with. Yeah, rum. rum Cause I be putting yeah. Bacardi in mine. Um. Yeah. I'm. I like eggnog in rum. So. I tell my thing. you. I tell you what else I like. I like um like the Baileys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Baileys. The Baileys. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Dog. The the little uh, cream liqueurs. Yeah, dog, those yeah. those all they work, man. Rum shotta, all that. Yeah. So uh, like I said, I'm drinking Ombi uh, Reserve Tennessee whiskey. That's what I'm about to drink. Um, I'm not gonna take a shot of this because it's not really a shot type drink. I'm gonna take a shot of Uncle Nearest because it makes me feel a little better about it. And then we gonna get into the shits and do what we do, and we gonna uh, talk about some. Uh, it's a lot of HBCU business going on, so we're going to get into that tonight and uh, tonight. give the people what they want, and uh, let's get into get it. Get the people what they want. So, dog, take us to the All shots, right, my brother. I got my Uncle Nero right, shot right, right over here. Pour it up, man. Hey, man, it goes up to it. Down to it. Because we do it. Because we're used to it. For those who don't do it. Let's get fucked up. Let's get Tricky. fucked up. This week's episode of the Chicken and Whiskey Podcast is brought to you by Wingstop. Wingstop Arlington, to be more specific, where we know you want that sauced and tossed Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now located at their new location at 2030 South Cooper, that's Arlington, Texas, 76013. Go check them out. Absolutely. 
let me move my microphone so y'all can see this. I, I believe see what you did there. I believe. I believe. If you're tuned in on YouTube, you can see it. If you're not, I have just switched hoodies to show y'all that I believe in my HBCUs. I believe in Jackson State University. As a as a PWI graduate of the University of Southern Mississippi, I now believe in Jackson State. I now believe in the HBCU community. What's Call me a traitor what you want. I'm gonna have this shirt on Saturday when they go to the uh what's it called? Celebration Bowl. Y'all ever been there? Yeah. I don't, I don't know y'all been there. Yeah. Um Boy, stop. <laughs> Y'all might have been to the swag championship, but have y'all been to the eight to the uh Boy, celebration stop. bowl? Boy, stop. I am now a believer. Don't, don't don't do it. I believe. Hey, you knew you knew to this HBCU thing, dog. You you pinch your your allegiance. Hey, I dog, believe that's cool, dog. You 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 a little uh uh JSU bandwagon. Believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm a believer. As much as I love my HBCUs, hey, these rivalries with, <laughs> between HBCUs are real. So kudos. kudos so kudos hey, hey, I was in a hey, thank, thank you. Hey, kudos to them. Kudos. I, I felt I had a moment in the sun. I always said <laughs> they still a pot ass school. <laughs> hey, I always said that. You know, as much as I supported when I was younger, as much as I, you know, I messed with Jackson State, but I felt like if I didn't go to that school, I can't really wear that shirt. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. I feel it's kind of like a I frat shirt. Bruz, y'all understand. If you're not a bruz, I, I understand. You can't wear nobody else chapter shirt. You ain't really fuck with them. But uh, I'm okay because I'm a believer now in Jackson State. Yeah. You 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 good dog? I'm good dog. You, you good over there? I think I I'm good over here, man. I think I can talk myself through this why I got on a Jackson State shirt if I choose to wear one. So tonight <laughs> I have sweat. on my Jackson State. Yeah, right. I get sweated for wearing my Jackson State shirt. So with that said, if you've been tuned into the news, you might have seen that Jackson State and Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders. Has shook up the world. Coach Prime. Yeah. I can't do it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on I that can't. too. I'm a little iffy I on that too. I, I like I like to call him by his name, Coach Sanders, Coach, Coach Dion. Get that man his respect. You don't call nobody else by no nickname. Yeah, no, but I think Coach I'm Coach. really proud of the HBCU community, and I'm really proud of Dion Sanders and what they're doing over there because they are shaking up the world. If yeah. you've been tuned into the news, you saw waves. they just. Got the number one, maybe number two, they whatever, commit, recruit, whatever the official word is, to change from Florida State. I wish I had his name right here. I can't find my phone, but um, they got him to change to decommit from Florida State and commit and sign to attend Jackson State University. He left with Power Five to attend an HBCU. And I think that. This is the beginning of something big if it if it continues. If it's not a one-hit wonder, if it's if Dion's not there, because Dion is the push behind it, obviously. Um if Dion doesn't decide to leave when his kids graduate, which is another story. Um I think that this is something big, dog. I think this is good for college football. I think this is getting the HBCU schools to a point where, you know, these athletes can go to HBCUs again and be okay once they start getting to the league cuz no one's went yet. And I don't I don't really know who's graduating from JSU or who might be in the draft this year, but I think next year they're going to have some boys going to the league, man. And I think that's good for HBCUs across the board. So I'm really excited uh, to see how this turns out. All right. And tell me so, your side. Because so I'm a little excited this, as a PWI. This is my two cents. <laughs> my two cents on this. Um, one, uh, y'all got to forgive me, man. We started pouring up a little bit early tonight. But um, one, um, it's huge. This is a big deal. 
you can't sweep this one under the rug. This is a big deal. It's such a big deal. I mean, it, it, just just look at the responses. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at uh, uh, the response from Davo Sweeney. Yep, I got um, I got that right there. We can talk about that too. Go ahead, go ahead and continue, and I'll give you the Dab- Dabo Sweeney post for our listeners and viewers. But but the the response to it is enough to show that this ain't just no run of the mill change the hat at the table type signing day shenanigans. No, this is a shift. Um. Will it be a sustainable shift? Is the question. Um, I think I think you you were correct in saying that. Right now, it's not about the HBCU, um, or I believe it's not about the HBCU. It's about Dion. Um, now, can the HBCU sustain this if Dion were in the picture? And that's I think a question that still remains. Um, that being said, this this is the key is the fact that you got to back in back up into history and understand that at one point in time black players, black athletes, um some of the best athletes in the country came from HBCUs. Uh, Jerry Rice. Shannon Sharp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve McNair. Steve McNair. Yeah, dog. I mean, you 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 saw these guys at the HBCUs. Um, what ended up happening was the 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 dynamic of recruiting changed, and when these bigger schools were able to give these athletes money under the table, then it completely changed recruiting. Um, as a if if I'm a if I'm an athlete coming from a low social economic. Uh, situation I can't pass up the opportunity to to Go change to my fire. family's life mm-hmm. I, I mean the, the, these guys going to these power five schools to go to a UT to go to a Ohio State to go to a Notre Dame or a Alabama like that was that could have potentially been life changing generationally for a young recruits family um and so what has changed now? I mean, the schools are no different. Uh, you still have Power Fives, you still have HBCUs. Um, if, if, if I were to make an argument, I, I think I can make the argument to say that it may be even less parity now where you only have a, a group of schools that have a chance to win it all. Mm-hmm. So what has been the shift? What has been the change? Um, I think there all credit has to go to Dion. He is making major waves and he is he is truly earning his keep as a recruiter. Um, but more than that, there's something that, that you have to know beyond that. And it's the fact that these players now can get paid over the table. Absolutely. So so be, be, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, so do you I'm, I'm gonna give you two phrases that I believe, and y'all hear me out. Two phrases I believe with this, you might you you since you're a, a coach, you can probably tell our listeners what the NIL means, the NIL agreement. Is it NIL, NLI? NIL. NIL. Can you tell them what that right. means and what that agreement is? Right. So so essentially. And now I won't bore you with all the details, but it goes back to Ed O'Bannon, the basketball player for UCLA in the nineties. What his brother? What uh, his brother Ed and Ed and he had a brother too, didn't he? Yeah, he had a brother playing the, the O'Bannon brother. Ed so, and Charles, um, I think. Um, so they uh, Ed actually sued to uh, basically to the, get it rights. The, it was the video games behind EA it, wasn't Sports. it? EA yeah. Sports. Yep. Yeah, EA Sports. For using his um, to, likeness, exactly. Ahead, for using bad. his likeness, so NIL um, means name, image, and likeness, which I know mo- many of our listeners know already. But essentially, what has happened now is that now players can be paid for their name, image, and likeness rights. Um, and how does this affect uh, recruiting? Well, now 
a recruit can go to a school and not only get the scholarship, but also get paid for the rights for merchandising to use their name, their image, or their likeness. Uh, and so now you have a recruit that signs to the school and that school can say, we, upon signing with us, you will now get paid such and such amount. And outside people can pay you as well to use yes. you as their name likeness, like EA Sports, video games. Correct. and. And, and, and different media networks and things like that and people in branding companies can use you as a uh, influencer or whatever the word may be and, and you can be endorsed by these companies I Correct. think that I think that this is modern day um, because of the way uh, our white people are reacting I think that this is modern day. This may sound weird, but I think it makes sense. This is modern day emancipation proclamation. Emancipation. Yeah, it's emancipation. Um, <laughs> because now these coaches and schools are upset because students are trans or transferring or getting in the portal, all that long story shit. How you can leave a school and whatever and go to these black schools because you're free and you got people well, like Dabo, Dabo Sweeney or was it Dabo Sweeney that said that shit mm-hmm. yeah it was let me let me let me quote him he said it's chaos right now tampering galore adults manipulating young men education is like the last thing right now Correct. And then we'll break down that last sentence in a second here because you was so, wrong, motherfucker. Um, so there's, to me, there's a couple of things that we have to put on the table. Um, when when you get recruited uh, out of high school, one of the things that was always told to us was the fact that you are choosing the school, not the coach. Mm-hmm. You're choosing the school, not the coach. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about that statement, you, the reason why that had to be a thing is because coaches always had the ability to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, they could recruit and a lot you of and they could coaches deal. did. Yeah, they could get you in there and then they could go off and, and go coach right down the road if the money was better. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, uh, if that coach left, you didn't get the option to say, oh, I want to go with him or, oh, I want to go to a different school because I don't know who's coming here now. That guy that's coming in did re- didn't recruit me. He may not want me. So I want to go somewhere else. And I got to reprove that myself. ability to move. Right. Um, and it was a lot of a lot of guys feel or 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 was was victim to uh not being in a great situation at their at their current school, but they didn't have any recourse. Um, so the idea of the transfer portal to me just just takes the restraints off of the athlete. And then and, and let me go into this whole little spill about the student athlete in college and the NCAA and all of that other bullshit is the idea that. Um, that the NCAA always wanted to make the student athlete uh, no different than the than the, the everyday student. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want the student athlete to get any perks of being a student athlete. They wanted to be true. That was the whole reasoning behind the quote unquote amateur status, and we can't pay players and 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 choose your school, not your coach. You don't want to just be moving around and this, that, and the third. Well, the the problem with that is that these students are making these schools hundreds of millions of dollars. Absolutely. College football is a billion dollar business. Absolutely. And the student was the only one not benefiting. And stop, pause to all of the people out there saying, well, the benefit is them getting the education. Stop it. Because we all know, we all know that quite honestly, 
especially with football, college football is a a a stepping stone to the NFL. Uh, yep. Now, with that being said, a small percentage of those players will actually make the NFL, and we know that. But to me, if I am a top engineer on a campus, not only will I have a scholarship to go to that school, but quite possibly I will have either a job or I will have a stipend coming in for my academic performance. Now, how is that any different from that athlete getting a stipend for the things that he is doing on the field? And and remember, athletes couldn't have jobs. Yep, they sure couldn't. So, so for for the for the college athlete, you were completely handcuffed. Because again, if I was a regular engineering student and I wanted to change schools, guess what? I can go and change schools. If I was going to LSU today and I wanted to go to Southern University tomorrow, I could absolutely do that. But for the athlete, he wasn't able to do that unless he was willing to give up his athletic opportunity. Yep. So let me ask you. And so athletes were completely handcuffed. Yeah. So back when before all of this happened. So so in today's time and in in literally today, when I say today, I mean today. Um, we've actually had an episode. If you want to go back and listen and go back and scroll through all the video, we had an episode. It probably was like episode three called HBCU vs. PWI. It was the early, quad. early. We talked about the quad and shit. The quad versus the yard. At this day, is are you feeling even better, or are you feeling? How are you feeling about your kids' future? Or is is now a time where HBCUs are even bigger to push them to or to encourage them to or you see, you see what I'm asking you there? Does that make sense? I think I think as a African American, yeah, I think you should always educate your children about HBCUs. Um, from an educational standpoint, I will always tell somebody that you if if you know what you want to do then go to the school that has the best program for that you to do what you want to do yeah um with that being said uh i think that there is no experience that you can get that can be that is that can replace the hbcu experience that's the college Uh, experience yes Yes, I, yes. And I, I absolutely agree with that Because I would also say that same thing If you know what you want to do Then pick a school that's best for you To do what you want to do Or if it's not school then don't go to school Or if, if it's, it's not school Don't go to school Then that's just how I feel about it. If it's if it's, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find something for Southern Miss Okay I know I got one If it's polymer science Go to Southern Miss Because we got the right. best polymer science program In the fucking country but if it's something else, then don't go to Southern Miss. Go if it's something just in some general shit or something that's specific at this school, then go there. And right. that's where I would say that I'm, I absolutely agree that you shouldn't not in, you don't have to encourage them, but just let them know that HBCUs are an option for you if you want yeah. that college experience. And I'm yeah. I'm all about like yeah, if you want that college, experience, my I don't give a damn how much money I make. My kids probably gonna stay their ass in that dorm. Although these dorms are different nowadays, but I want you to get that college life experience. You need to get all of that. Yeah. No, I, I am. I am a full proponent of um, of our our young adults going to HBCUs um, because, again, like I said, I don't think you can replace that 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 uh, experience um, as it relates to athletics. I think we there's a question mark out there. I think it, the question becomes one: Can will all HBCUs um, utilize and and take advantage of the system that's been created? Uh, I think Dion is doing a great job at taking advantage of it. You know, 
Rob Hollywood believes. I believe. Um, will will the other schools in the SWAC and the schools in the MIAC do the same? Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing will uh, will these players that end up at HBCUs will they get drafted? That's the question that we we have to find out because at the end of the day, you want that you want a chance to be able to go mm-hmm. to the NFL, mm-hmm. to the NBA. If those opportunities don't happen because you went to an HBCU, or if that's the perception, then I think this is a, a short wave and and it goes by yeah, the wayside. Yeah, yeah. But but don't get me wrong. This is this is huge. Because if the money is right, guys might say, "Man, I might make it to the NFL, or I might not." But I, I still, broke. I'm still going here because I'm not going to be broke. I'm not exactly. broke. Like I, I think that this with this new, um, they always had his name. My bad. Whatever his name is, uh, with this new number one recruit, I think he's going to be the question. I think he's going to be the example. You know, Dion's boys. You know, they all right. Cornerback, little quarterback. Yeah, all right. but I think this one is yeah, the one. This is this they're not five star. This guy is five star. If he can be a five star going in, be a five star coming out, be a five star going into the draft, and still be high in the draft and remain that eligibility and remain that high of a draft pick and that interest over there, that will make it better for everyone. I think because I think yeah. that. When you say, okay, where do you want to go to school at? Um, I want to go to these Power 5 schools, but I also can consider these HBCUs because maybe I can play against him. You know what I'm saying? Because it makes the HBCU experience and on the football field, because they're watching him, they're watching you, because you're on the same field. You get an opportunity to play against him twice a year or whatever it may be. That may be on ESPN now because... I don't care what nobody says. This year, I've never seen so many HBCU games on TV and available to watch them. Yeah, although they, I mean, although the, they cut off the band a few times, that they shouldn't have cut the band yeah. off because that's what we was there to watch. They don't, they, they don't know no better. They don't know no better. Only bands you got was the Bayou Classic. They let us watch the band. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was they maybe should, another game. Because it's southern. Yeah, they yeah I feel, I feel, I feel. Uh, um, stuff like that. I, I, I would say that. Uh, the question again back to the questions is it purely just the Dion effect Um, or what other HBCUs will have the opportunity to pick up five star recruits since you say the Dion Um, effect since you say the Dion effect if he left would it be over with right now I would I would think that I would be worried that it would be Yes, I, I, I absolutely agree. I don't think he would leave because his kids are still there. Well, I don't think he'll leave because he ain't getting a better contract than what he got right now. He got because he got because he got a nice one. Now he might not. He he's not getting no. Oh, overall they can pay him a lot of money, but he, you're not about to get no money off the people in the stands and off them tickets. Yeah. from nowhere the, the else. The contract that Dion has right now is is a owner's contract. Yeah. He gets a percentage of the merchandising. He gets a percentage of the gate. Absolutely, you um, can't beat that. And uh, on top of his salary, and uh, like you ain't getting, you ain't getting that at a lot of places. I don't know if you get that anywhere else. But I mean, is that what it takes for these HBCUs to get these to get? And and I don't. And I I kind of I kind of say it that I I, I don't consider Dion. A great X and O guy, um, but he can sure recruit. Oh, oh he, he can sure monster. bring attention. He can sure bring attention to your program. And I think he's doing. Here's the thing. He's doing exactly what he needs to do, and he's doing exactly what he was brought in to do, and he is delivering on it. Mm-hmm. And whatever you say about Dion, Dion has has shown throughout his college, NFL, and now coaching careers that he can deliver. Um, who is the next coach 
That's the bigger question to me. Who is who becomes the next coach to go to the ranks of the HBCUs to be that big of a personality? Um, I wish we had Google that sweat over here, but didn't somebody else go to HBCU? You got, uh, you got he, uh, Eddie George. Is Eddie George in there? Eddie George over there. Um, what what's the dude name that was at uh Hugh Hugh or whatever his name is Hubert or um, some shit. I can't remember. I, this is bad. Anyway, my bad. I'm my bad, gang gang. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm trying to Google it right is, now. Anyway, I would anyway. love. I would love. Yeah, that's Hollywood. <laughs> I would love to see, you know, the likes of or the the gravitas of a um uh, 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 a Mike Thomas. Yeah, the gravitas of a when they're done uh, over there. I'm not asking Mike Tomlin to take a job. I'm not asking him to take a step down from the NFL. Is that okay to say? I wouldn't necessarily say going to college is a step down. Mm. I mean, here's as a black man, how much are you supporting the NFL right now? Good point. Good point. You know what I mean? And so. I think if I think for a lot of uh, conscious black men, former athletes for sure, um, I think you have to think about where do I want to where do where I, where do I want to use my talents in the NFL or in this HBCU? Um, I'm more interested. I'm less interested in the recruits that uh, Dion can get at Jackson State, and way more interested in can these school presidents entice and recruit top end black coaching talent and and start building these front offices of these schools because the players and and no offense to players out there, y'all. That's the that's the ground floor of this larger industrial machine mm-hmm. it's not really about the players I'm sorry Yep. it's about these guys that are in these front offices the athletic directors the head coaches these are the guys that, that are going to be there longer than four years or five years. These are the guys that can that can that can put into place things that are sustainable. Who's going to be the Black Nick Saban? And I absolutely agree. Um, and as we talk about that, um, and we talk about our kids, so let's let's pull in pulling sports out. I think I might have kind of asked this already, but pulling sports out um, are. Should we, as parents, should we um, should we push our? I guess I kind of already asked that to say should we tell our kids to consider HBCUs in general? Um, yeah, absolutely, we should. And I and I and I think that we are at that point where HBCUs are changing. That we should. I think we should. I think we should keep that shit in house. But that's be- the be- thing. because that's because the, the reason the reason why I ask that though let me let me add this the reason why I ask that is because now that we are full blown adults you know it's kind of like I know a lot of coworkers I don't know where they got their degree from I just know they got a degree so why not have gotten that shit at HBCU right I got, I'm sure some of my coworkers they might assume I went to an HBCU mm-hmm. so why not why I should have just went to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of my co-workers And people who are Ahead of me on the food chain Of work and shit They right. might think that Southern Miss is a HBCU <laughs> They may They probably do We halfway at HBCU. Yeah, HBCU So you know, I might have went to HBCU I might have missed out some On some experiences that I could have been a part of yeah, I mean, and the good and the bad. I mean, uh, those of us that, that that have experienced that HBCU life, you know, it's good and bad. And the registration sucks. Uh, oh, our registration uh, sucks too, though. <laughs> dorms typically suck. Um, 
I'll tell you one thing that don't suck. Them cafeteria ladies be throwing it down. <laughs> we got like we got like four or five cafeterias, but that one with all the black people at, that's the one though. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, all of them the one at, at HBCUs. Um uh, you know, I think there's a different and 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 you may disagree and I think it'd be interesting to explore is the I think it is different when you are a part of Greek life at an HBCU. What's different about um, it? Uh, I think, and, and I could be wrong, but I think the perception of members that pledged at HBCUs, uh, the perception is that they are, quote unquote, um, they they went harder than somebody that paid that plays at a PWI. Oh, hold on, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, I, wait I, I a you, minute. The keyword there was perception. I, that's why I put it in there. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you put I that word in there. No, I ain't trying to take nothing from you, dog. Yeah, rule, rule. All, all, <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that um, I know, I know when I came through. Um, and probably we kind of caught the tail end of this. Um, I I would I would say that HBCU chapters got more respect than PWI chapters by perception. Okay. By perception. Okay. And that's it. Yeah, but. <laughs> when you say respect, you know, you can say that. We don't have to get into this because a lot of our listeners might not be Greek. But I see what you mean. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that there is a to me there is a difference when you go to an HBCU and you are a part of Greek life. When you are at an HBCU and you are a part of a black organization, I think it's different. But everybody, everybody school black though. It's a lot of black organizations. It's a lot of black organizations. All the organizations are black at an HBCU, right? Aren't one hundred percent of the organizations black at HBCU? Sure. If you're at that PWI, not all organizations are 100% black. Um, right. We have organizations called African... Y- y- y'all didn't have AASO, which we had. African American something organization. So we had organizations that were strictly black. But y'all, every organization at an HBCU is strictly black. Right. Um... I don't want to go too far into that because everybody's not a Greek and everybody's not. I don't really want to get into that argument. I didn't really put it out there to have to go delve into it. All I'm saying really and truly is Is the perception of a a going Greek at an HBCU. You'll be respected bigger because you went to HBCU. That's what you're saying. I think the, I think the perception is different. Um, yeah, I, I, I would leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave that, it at that. That, 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 that. That can turn into a whole <laughs> other episode. Yeah, yeah, we, can, uh, we can go there later. <laughs> let, let, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because I actually have something. Uh, what were we at? About 40 minutes. I got something I want to ask you. But let's take a... Uh, we, we said we're going to start this. Uh, let's take another shot. Um, we said we're going to call it happy hour. Let's take another happy hour shot. And I want to ask you something about... It's, it's actually some more race shit, actually. Um, okay. And I, I want to congratulate you, by the way. Um, and congratulate myself too Because we had a whole First half of the episode Go ahead and pull your shot I'm pouring mine We had a, a whole first half of the episode And we have not said the N word I was just thinking that While talking about HBC uh, Congratulations Maybe somebody gonna pay us now For not saying that shit uh, You know we, we ain't gonna get demonetized Yeah there you go so, uh, There you go man Cheers shot. Cheers to the shot There you go All right, so um, if you have been watching the news, as I always say, 
There was a recent um, school shooting in Michigan. A kid went to school. Um, a kid went to school and uh, shot up the school. Basically, long story short, uh, parents had came to the school earlier that day. Um, and now that the story has unfolded a little more, the kid is obviously in school, and now his parents in have jail? yeah. I mean, my bad, in jail. Now his parents have been charged. Mm-hmm. So as a teacher. I ask you first of all should his ter- should his parents take some form of responsibility for him? Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean it, there's, there's no question about with this situation for sure. Um is there an age limit to the parents taking responsibility for that? No, I don't think it has anything to do with age. I think it just depends on the, on the situation itself. Um, the, I mean, and shit, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but dog, in this situation, the parents were absolutely, uh, um, at the very least, uh, negligent. At the very least, um, I mean, some might think they're culpable. I mean, is 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 there? I mean, when you start digging into the facts of the case, I mean, they bought him the gun. They did. Um, uh, they taught him how to shoot. Where they taught him how to shoot. They went to the gun range with him. They trained him up. Um, they were informed that he was drawing uh, uh, graphic pictures about people being killed at school and instead of addressing it um, the mom said you gotta do a better job at not getting caught um, so and not only that then uh, they they were brought to the school because of concerns about his well being and they didn't pull him uh, and later on that day he ends up uh committing this heinous act but I think that we see uh, uh, a timeline of events that it's hard to deny that these parents um, could have stopped this shit they and who knows if they could have stopped it but I think they they, I think the prosecution can truly show that they bear some responsibility or are they were neglectful in yeah, uh, I would say they're neglectful. Taking care of in their, their in their responsibility in their responsibilities as a parent, because there was a there were a, apparently there were a lot of um, white people on social media that were saying that this kid was a minor. Parents shouldn't be held responsible for this because black kids commit crimes all the time. Mm-hmm. And our parents, our black parents, are not held responsible for our kids. Is why I, I think, I think, kids commit crimes all the time in general. Um, now, obviously, you don't have kids every day uh, committing a crime like this, um, but kids in general make mistakes. Um, I I, I don't know if I would classify this one as a mistake though. Uh, no, I'm I, and I'm not. This motherfucker was ready I'm, to go. I'm, def- <laughs> I'm definitely not. Uh, I, and I, I I never intended it to come off like that. But um, I think that it's extremely difficult to just blanket say if your kid commits a crime, then it's your fault. Uh, I think you have to be extremely careful to go down that particular path because I think that path can become a real slippery slope. Uh, I think in this particular case, it's different because we can we can connect the dots on the events that took place of how this kid was able to do this shit. Yeah, 
um, let's just say uh, another kid commits a crime, it doesn't necessarily mean that that kid's parent bought him a gun, trained him how to use the gun, was told that he might do something inappropriate with the gun, and instead of doing something about it, actually laughed, L-O-L, laughed out loud and said, do better to not get caught. To me, at that point, now parents Yo ass is responsible. responsibility. You're responsible. Your ass need to go to jail too. Correct. And then you ran when we came to talk to you about it. So therefore, it obviously, he's right. running. And to that, and to that person that said, "Oh, black people commit crimes too." Um. Uh. Understand this: that. When when a black person uh, gets over policed, over sentenced, um, I don't hear anybody else saying, "Wait, hold on, we can't do that to the black people because white people commit crimes too." No, what happens to us happens to us, and we have to fight our own battles to not get it to happen to us. And so, this white kid and his white parents they're gonna have to fight their own fight and if they go to court and prove that they weren't responsible for it then hey kudos to them but they gonna have to sit there and and stand in front of a judge and try to make that shit happen absolutely i feel the same way um when i saw when i first saw the story about it um and i saw that people were saying that black people black parents should be held responsible for their kids crimes I said you were trying to relate this to some other stuff because with this story they basically trained this little dude to do this and when he did it well before he did it they brought him to the school and said your son is doing this doing that and then when it was all said and done they went and did it they don't even know this these parents could have brought the gun to the school they don't even know they could have gave him the gun at this point I mean, and there's there's some different things that go along with this case um, because um, there are laws on the book that if you have a gun in your residence uh, with kids or even, no matter what, if you have a gun in your residence, that that gun needs to be secured. Um, now, those the parents are saying that they had the gun secured and they don't know how he was able to get to it. That's bullshit. So I'm just telling you what they're argument is yeah um the other argument they have made is that um when they went up to the school uh when the when the school called them to come up there and have a conference about what the actions of their child um the school uh, uh made it optional for them to either take him or he could stay and so the argument that they're making is that well the school didn't think it was serious enough for us to have to take him you know, they told them that they need to set up counseling within 48 hours. And so their argument is, well, the trained professionals told us we had 48 hours. How could we possibly have known that we should have taken them out of school at that point? But then you, so hear, they, but then you hear you're being charged and you dip. Again, <laughs> lawyer is arguing that they were receiving death threats and he wanted to help them stay protected which I believe is bullcrap because you went and hid in some abandoned warehouse I mean it's just a lot of a lot of to me BS that goes along with it at the end of the day um, you had a a child go shoot up another school and I think it it goes I think this leads us to a bigger question of how many school shootings must occur before we actually do something about it. So what should we do about it? Exactly. As a, as a, let me ask you this. As a teacher, what should we do about it? Um, I think we have to make harsher penalties. Um, is, is, this, is, this, is this a harsher penalty? Start charging the fucking yes. parents? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Um, but it's not always the parents, though. That's the thing. It's, it's not always on the parents. Sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes it's 100% squarely on the kids. On the badass kids. Right. <laughs> like um, like the one the one that got shot out, the one that did the shooting out here in, uh, in Grand Prairie. 
uh, Mansfield area in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that little kid, you know, he said he was being bullied, supposedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. His parents lived in Had just got into a fight, you know. His parents got him in a nice neighborhood, you know. You live in Mansfield. Your house is nice. I saw where they went to try to arrest you at. It's a nice area. Like, you can't really blame the parents on that one. Yeah, man, I I don't understand. I don't know, honestly. I think that's part of the reason why we don't have a solution because I don't know if there's a good solution. Um, Because I think it's easy to say for me, um, being being in the in education is that it's it's hard to it's hard to um, create laws mm-hmm. that influence society. And what I mean by that is, I think our society has a problem where people feel like if they are having problems then the issue is or the the solution is go grab a gun so i i think Um, i i think that's a societal problem yeah and i think that um this question will come off on the next episode of uh chicken and whiskey talks we'd sit down and talk to the police um I think that is a question of um, when when should we start at what age because you know these kids are getting a little older now if that makes sense um, these kids are the 12 year old back in the day ain't the same 12 year old is that fair to say yes absolutely at, at, at what age do we start charging these kids as adults do you bring that down? Do you bring again, that down? That's that what I'm saying. In, I think that again, I don't think that solves the problem. Um, because at that point, if you're they don't know no better. They don't know no better. They don't know no better. That, but if you're charging the kid as an adult, that means one thing: that a crime has already happened. Yeah, and, and it's already and they probably and they probably didn't know you about to do forty. But even if they do, that's my point. Even if they do, then or let me let me put it like this. The United States has the largest incarcerated population in the world. In the world. Is is prison time stopping criminals from committing crime? Is that the answer? Uh, is it a deterrent is my question no it ain't so again it goes back to what are we doing as a people as a society that is what is what about our society is broken that's the question when you have and and so and what I mean is by this when you have what should be the best of us, our our elected officials mm-hmm. taking Christmas pictures in front of Christmas trees a week after a school shooting with their kids in the pictures holding ARs. Who did that? If you don't want me to ask, I missed that one. Multiple Republicans. Oh, okay. Oh, they are doing some bullshit, but yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that when a week, days after you have a school shooting, you have an elected official, with his multiple kids. elected officials in a Christmas picture in front of a Christmas tree, their kid holding a rifle. If I would say at this point, when, when you see stuff like that, society is out of way because like I just said that you didn't even hear about it yep that's not even a big deal we're so numb to it we're so we're so stuck in whatever bubble we're stuck in 
that is not even newsworthy. This kid just went and shot up a school. A couple of weeks before that, we had a school shooting in Texas. And it doesn't make it past a week of a news cycle before it's poof. Well, it's another one and it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You can't li- you can't you can't legislate that. You can't legislate fucked up society. That's people. That's <laughs> that goes to the heart of people. <laughs> that's on the people. Can't can't nobody stop that. Ain't, ain't no law that's gonna make. Ain't, ain't no law you can write that's gonna stop that shit. That's about the people stopping that shit. That's my point, dog. And I think that's, that's my point. And and, and and I I definitely agree with that. And I think that's a great point for us to leave it at that. And leave and leave our our listeners something to think about. We can't. Yeah, we 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 can blame Trump, blame Biden, blame Kamala. I said it wrong on purpose. What? Where is it? I don't know where she at. We can blame all of them motherfuckers, but that ain't gonna affect what we do as a people. And, no. And 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 and, and, and so the, the question becomes: How do we? I guess going back to the HBCU conversation, how do we focus on us? Yeah, we got to get us right first. We got to get us right. Let them be the motherfuckers. Because I tell you, you remember you remember, you grew up the same time I grew up. When you heard of some crazy shit happening, we knew. Hey, man, that ain't, that ain't us that did that crazy that ain't shit. us did that shit. I bet he white. I bet he white. You remember the first time you had heard some crazy shit and you found out that it was somebody black and you was like well no that can't be right I, I remember the first time I know who I know who it was <laughs> I know exactly who it was the DC sniper the DC sniper <laughs> <laughs> the DC sniper hey, everybody's like we no we heard about that shit and we like, man, these white people going crazy. And we was like, and we found out he was black. It was like, and no, we like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> he ruined it for us. He's we like, good. damn. We was good. Everybody man, we knew don't the have DC black serial killers. Everybody was like, I know the DC sniper. Ain't. I know, I know he a white dude. I know he a white dude. One of us. One of us. He ruined it. He ruined it for us. He ruined it. We gotta get back to us not being crazy. We gotta take care of us, man. Hey man. We gotta take care of us, man. Let's get to our Bodega lights and uh get up out of here, man. Bodega lights, man. We got uh last call, man. Last, last call, call for man. alcohol. Last, last call. call. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I need to announce it's last call at the bar. <laughs> can we can we continue? Yeah, hold on. I'll put a wrong shot of the wrong shit. I don't need to drink no shot of that. Uh, can, no, give me give me your bodega lights, man. Give me your final shots, man. Man, man, my bodega lights tonight. Man. My bodega lights tonight are simple, man. Take pride, take pride in your melanin. That's my bodega life. Take pride in your take melanin. Pride, take pride in your melanin. Man, if if you if you want to send your kids to that HBCU, man, send your kids to that HBCU, man. HBCUs are a great place. But even if you don't, wherever you go, take pride in your melanin. Man, if you on the job and you might have a good job, you might have a bad job. You might have a job that you can't stand. But every time you go to that job, be the best employee there because you need to take pride in your melanin. Man, if you in school, man, and you don't like school or you might love school, you might have a major that never make money. You might have a major that you coming out making six figures. Whatever the case may be, good student, bad student, late student, early student, do your best because you need to take pride in your melanin. 
Man, it's real easy for us to blame a lot of other people for the issues that we have. But a lot of issues that we have can be solved quite simply. And it's not by Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Kamala. It's solved by us. And the way that we solve it is real simple. Take pride in your melanin. In your melanin. And I'm gone. He gone, gone home, gone home. I'm going to keep mine simple, man. I, I think I'm going to take mine back to the original topic. Um, as a uh, PWI graduate, I'm going to say that, you know, it, it kind of relates to what you said. Take pride in your melanin. If you can and if you're willing and able, support our HBCUs. In any way you can. Any way you can. I was on a text message today. They said Jackson State was asking 50,000 alumni. I mentioned this earlier. They had 50,000 alumni to donate $100. I said, hey, can I donate $100? Well, maybe like $25, $20, whatever. <laughs> can I donate? Because I want to support my HBCUs. There you go, man. It ain't too late. Just because you didn't go there don't mean you don't need to support our HBCUs. And it ain't just about the football team. The football team does lead to better. Damn, I don't know what happened over there. But <laughs> the football team does lead to better facilities and things on campus. Yes, it does. If that's the breadwinner of the campus, I understand. There's also a lot of schools who don't have football teams. But let's just support our HBCUs. And that's 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 it. I'm just leaving it at That's that. It, though. Support, Support our HBCUs. HBCUs, man. Cheers to y'all. Boom. Boom. And we out there, bitch. Go ahead and take us out of here, J Duke. Man, hey, man. You know, we always do it about this time, but don't forget like, subscribe, share, and leave some comments, man. We are on YouTube. Go check us out, man. This is and this has been. The Chicken and Whiskey Podcast, episode number 61. This is how we always end it, man. God is love. And love is God. DJ, play my motherfucking thing. We got the chicken and whiskey. Everybody is tipsy. Got the two peaks and you know that it's crispy. Welcome to the Chicken and Whiskey Podcast. We keep the combo flowing. Hope you got a tall glass. Yeah. Hosted by your favorite two, uh-huh. Rob Hollywood and Jay Duke the Groove. There ain't no limits, we cover everything. Yeah. Give it to you straight, we ain't pulling no strings. Never. You know we chop it up just like sushi, uh-huh. like the chicken. The conversation juicy. No topic is ever off limit, nope. and it's so hot you don't wanna miss a minute. Culture and sports, going back and forth, yeah. relationships, every topic on earth. Now watch the show on YouTube. Make sure you're early, I ain't tryna be rude And listen to us on your favorite place To hear a podcast Cause you should have a blast Every Friday at noon is when it goes down We got the hottest combo around You know what time it is You ain't gotta ask me your favorite podcast Favorite podcast It's the Chicken and Whiskey Podcast Let's go